Welcome everyone, this is Russ Galzo of Chronicles of the End Times. I hope this podcast finds you well today. Today we are going to look into the rapture issues. And we have discussed the rapture in detail in other podcasts. Uh, but I think today I want to just address a couple things. Uh, one is I do a lot of research both uh, off the internet and on the internet, uh, as probably many of you do uh, on different subjects. And uh, I like to be informed of what people are thinking and um, various teachings that are going on and facts and myths and on and on it goes, uh, just to give myself well-rounded education as the best I can. And I always find uh, these websites that uh, talk about those who believe in the rapture or the catching away of the church, uh, especially those who believe in it before uh, the Great Tribulation, uh, that we're uh, been taken in by myths and um, bad teachings. And that kind of really bothers me in, in many ways. Uh, they refer to Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, and uh, they talk about that the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, they will uh, listen to things that suit their own desires and will rather gather... Uh, a great number of teachers to say what they itching ears want to hear. And uh, really, uh, the scripture is saying that they will turn uh, their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And uh, I really take offense to that uh, because uh, really what the heart and soul of Paul is saying there to Timothy is that those who have turned away from the truth, uh, those who have decided to worship angels and uh, to believe in doctrines of demons and to uh, worship uh, idols in a way uh, that is just absolutely disgusting in um, in history. If you want to read about the different ways uh, that they worshipped in that time of the early church, uh, those who uh, did worship these other gods, so-called gods. Uh, and so is hardly talking about uh, this issue uh, concerning the rapture. And uh, I want everyone to know that whether you believe that God will come and the trumpets will call you home uh, tomorrow or next week or 10 years from now or uh, when Jesus actually comes at the Battle of Armageddon, uh, it's not going to affect your salvation. The salvation is... Uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ and your faith in him and your trust in him. Uh, and all these other issues are debatable issues, and uh, that's certainly understandable. And I certainly uh, open my heart to uh, everyone who loves the Lord and is following the Lord, and uh, I do not want to get into, um, you know, uh, disputes which really uh, do nothing but separate the uh, Church of Jesus Christ, which is uh, which is be an awful thing, um, but on the other hand, I do want to address some things that are in grave error, and uh, this is one of them uh, to accuse uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who believe in the scriptural uh, premise of the rapture of the taking away of the church, the catching away as Paul as describes in 2 Thessalonians and in 1 Thessalonians. Um, so let's get to the issue. Um, the issue here, I believe, when I read these different blogs 
and websites is there seems to be an axe to grind. Um, one particular one I read, well, these Christians, you know, they'll find out, you know, that they're going to have to go through this tribulation. And it's like, what? It's like, does that sound like the love of Jesus to you? Um, I don't think we should feel that way about our brothers and sisters, uh, about our own families or children. We need to have a real look and a real understanding of exactly what this tribulation period is. Um, Scripture talks about one-third of mankind dying. And then in another place, the Scripture talks about a quarter of the Earth's population dying. You know, so you add those uh, two together, you're up to 58%, nearly 60% of the world's population, which is now, you know, 7 billion plus, uh, dying. And uh, he talks about uh, the great martyrdom that's going to go on during the rapture. And uh, yes, do I believe Christians will be martyred and killed through the tribulation? Absolutely. Uh, Revelation chapter 7 makes that very clear. as we've talked about in the past, where the Apostle John, when he had the vision, a revelation of Jesus Christ on the Isle of Patmos, he saw millions and millions. The scripture said that he couldn't even number them. They were like the sands of the sea. And he asked the elder, you know, where do these come from? And they, he's, the elder told him, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation. So we know that multitudes upon multitudes will be martyred. Uh, during that period of time for their belief in Jesus Christ. But it is another thing to just assume that the whole church is going to go through the tribulation. We talked about this before, is that um, I grew up Catholic, and uh, I still have very uh, good uh, relationships with a lot of uh, my Catholic friends who love the Lord. Uh, But when I grew up, there was a doctrine that they taught about purgatory. And that no matter if you confessed your sins or not, uh, you were going to burn in purgatory for, you know, years and years and years. And uh, the thought that the blood of Jesus Christ wouldn't be enough to cleanse me from my sin, but that something that he made a fire and he would torture those who lived for him and loved him and had a relationship with him through life uh, with burning them in fire to continue to make them pure is just uh, demonic. That's all, basically all I can say. Um, if you're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. There's no need for you to you know, climb the mountain on your hands and knees until you bleed and go all through these things that some of the Mideastern religions do for repentance The blood of Jesus Christ is it. The grace of God is it. That's all there is. There is nothing else. Jesus Christ did not go to the cross for nothing. He went to the cross because of his great love and the Father's great love for us, knowing that the only thing that can make us pure was the pure blood of the completely sinless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So having said that, why do I make that comparison? Because those who say that the church needs to go through the tribulation in order to be purified, I kind of draw that parallel. Say, geez, you know, uh, if you're really following Christ. Now, if you're talking about the church in general, we know that within the church, 
there are tares and wheat, you know, and like the scripture says, there's those who are following Christ and those that really aren't. They're living like any way they want to live, but they still go to church. Maybe it's because it makes them feel good or if they feel like, you know, they have to cover their bases or whatever the case may be, but they're not living for God. Yes, those that aren't really living for God will definitely go through the tribulation. But the the bride, the spotless bride, the one who's walking with Jesus, the one who's committed their lives to Christ for real, uh, God is going to spare them. As it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, when he's talking about the Church of Philadelphia, he says, I'm going to spare you because you're faithful. It's the only church he said that to in those letters. I'm going to spare you from that time of tribulation, great trial, that's going to come upon the whole earth. So what's he saying? Those that are faithful, God knows the faithful, and he will take the faithful away. And yet when you look at the tribulation period and you see the great suffering and the just tremendous um, death that's going to take place, and we, we just have an, a vague idea of how many will die. You know, we're talking those percentages I talked about, 58 to 60 percent, are just those that are defined in those two particular plagues. I mean, you're talking over 4 billion people. And that doesn't take into account all the pestilence and the the rivers and the waters turning to blood that Revelation talks about, uh, the great starvation. That doesn't take into account hailstones, 100 pounds apiece. That's not including all those things and, and the various wars and and the hatred that's just going to be um, just amplified through the reign of the Antichrist. And on top of that, uh, the millions upon millions that will be uh, slaughtered for following uh, the Lord God Almighty and those of Israel who will be killed during that period of time and the Battle of Armageddon itself. So if we were to think that way, we would have to say, gee, you know, I hope I'm not around when the Lord comes back, you know, which is the opposite of how we should think. You would be saying you're, you would have to be a masochist, a, a little bit deranged to say, boy, I can't wait. Uh, for Jesus to come back so I can go through the tribulation and I can suffer from starvation and uh, all these plagues and see my uh, my families die and be uh, dragged off and, uh, you know, martyred for Christ. Now, being martyred for Jesus Christ is certainly uh, the highest calling you could have, but it's not something that we sit around and pray about and say, geez, I can't wait till that happens to me. Um, you know, God gives special grace for those people through history, and uh, they will be rewarded for their stand for Christ. But I think we need to get a grasp, a real grasp on if we wish people to go through that, we need to check our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, if we have not love, we have nothing. And if we're not moved by what we read in the scriptures about what's coming, and we're not moved to compassion and moved to good works, then it's all for nothing. We are supposed to move forward in good works. These are supposed to, these words are supposed to inspire us to know that, yes, the end is coming soon, and I need to reach as many people for Jesus as I can. 
And we need to be working for Christ, loving people, serving people, and bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. That is why all God gave us all these prophecies, not so we can sit around and argue or debate with one another as to when certain things are going to happen. And the other issue to me is found in 2 Thessalonians. Well, let's take a look at that. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6, he says, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Talking about the Antichrist. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and we know that. Only he who restrains will do it until he is taken out of the way. And who is the he? Well, it's definitely not the Holy Spirit, because if God took the Holy Spirit off the earth, you'd have nothing. So who is it? It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's the one who is standing in the way. For Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. So the church is in the way. If you think things are bad now, the church, people are praying. You know, there are people on their knees praying for other people. I hope you're one of those. You know, there is a lot of the church that is asleep. I will agree with that. But you can't deny that there's millions who are praying and serving God faithfully all over the world. And when they're taken out of the way, they're the restraining force. And when that's taken out, when the salt and the light is yanked out of this world, not the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is still at work. He's at work through the two prophets that we read about. He's at work through the 144,000. He's at work with those who are left. But then the darkness is going to be great because Jesus said that the night comes when no man can work. And it's going to be very difficult through that period of time. There's so many things that we could discuss, and I encourage you to go back and look at some of the other uh, uh, teachings on the podcast about the rapture. So listen, keep your head up. Jesus is coming, and we have not been assigned to wrath, but to deliverance through the blood of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Continue on. Talk to you soon.